This episode is sponsored by the Stiletto Talk web series. Watch episode three now on YouTube. You are listening to the Stiletto Talk podcast with Kay and Shanice. Now kick off your stilettos and let's talk. Enjoy the show. Hello, hello, and welcome to another episode of the Stiletto Talk Podcast. I am your lovely host, Kay. And your co-host, Shanice. Yes, we are here for another episode, and we're going to explore the healing question of what does it look like when your partner is not on your level? Get on my level. Hey. Get on my level. (laughs) Well, first, it looks like... Uh, frustration. <laughs> say desperation, but it's not desperation. Definitely frustration and uh, not being. Uh, I don't like to use the word equally yoga is so like biblically based, and I want to respect everyone's perspective and what they what they subscribe to. So I say it just means that you're not equally balanced. How is that equally? That's that, that works. <laughs> I think that I can, when I think of this, I just can't help but to think of examples. So I'm struggling to think about- Are you thinking of examples in your life or just examples of other people? Both. (laughs) Both of them. I'm thinking about both because it's hard for me to think about like, okay, what is the definition of this? Well, I think that what it looks like, it literally means that you, I think it means what you give, you're not getting back. Oh, I feel like your expectations- (laughs) Yeah, I guess that's right. Your expectations aren't being fulfilled. Yeah, you're not being fulfilled. Someone's not being fulfilled. Like I said, frustration, right? Because you're expecting something more than what you're receiving. Yeah, yeah, yeah you're just on the same level. And it's not even that there's like levels, but I think that, you know, there's different stages in lives as well. So we can also use level as a stage in life. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're not on the same stage of life or you're not on the same journey. I guess. Or they don't have the same end goals, right? So um, somebody could be doing well off, but they want to spend all their money on partying and going out or somebody else wants to spend it on, you know, like household things, starting to have a baby and a family and all the things, right? Yeah. And I think maybe when I'm thinking about what has that meant for me, when I have had a partner that wasn't on my level, it was meaning that I wasn't seeing a partner for who they are. Mm -hmm. I was with their potential. So I was with someone that wasn't even a reality. I was with the potential of someone and not the real person. So they weren't on my level because I was healing and growing and they were wanting to stay in the same space, not wanting to face their own healing or, you know, heal through their inner child. So I think that we were on the same level when we were both, you know, bottom of the barrel, we were both trauma bonding. And then when I healed, we, we didn't, we weren't on the same level anymore. There was nothing that kept us bonded. Right. I think that's a good point. Yeah, like I literally can only think about personal example. And I guess more detail to that is that, you know, I feel like I had someone that I was trauma bonding with. I had a partner that we trauma bonded off of our childhood. And um, when I got into therapy and started healing through those things, it's like the tables or the scales became unbalanced because while I was healing from it, they were deciding to continue to allow it to 
be excuses for what they do and who they are now and was continuing to allow it to be uh, something that held them down. It was like an anchor on their feet when I was trying to be free of that. So we became unbalanced and I was on a different level when I started elevating. And I looked when I was elevating, I looked instead of being able to see them on the side of me, you know, elevating with me, I looked down. They were still still <laughs> at the bottom. <laughs> yeah, no, I definitely feel you on that. I think that um for me, I just feel like I uh, you know, I feel like when I'm in relationships or I'm with somebody that I really care about, I try to like give everything and I expect the same in return. Where I feel like other people might have been through their own trauma, so they're reserved. Mm-hmm. But that's not fair to me because I'm emptying my cup into somebody else and they're not fulfilling me back, right? So then it's a one-sided relationship. Right. Um, and so you can call that on each other's levels, but it's just like also maturity. So people just don't have like either mental capacity or emotional maturity or both. And so it's like you can't fault them because in reality they've been who they are since day one. Yeah. And you just made excuses for them. Yeah, they stay consistent to who they were by not growing. And I feel like, I guess, another example of or an analogy of what this looked like, this dynamic looks like, is you dragging someone along. Right. You're trying to show them the things and hoping that they'll pick up and understand, but they just they just don't get it, right? Mm-hmm. And so then it ends up being a drag and not a, like, me and me and a baby passing the baton multiple times. It's like, you know, mm-hmm. I don't feel like doing this. Pass the baton. Bay takes care of it. She don't feel like doing something. She passes the baton back to me. So, mm-hmm. and, and it keeps the scales balanced. When you think about, like, you know, the image of of there's a scale. It's like we kind we stay balanced. You know, when when something comes off my plate, um, I make sure that I re- put something else on. You know, like it's just like an equal give and take. You know, it's like I may not be doing something, but I'm supporting my wife in another way. And it's like we just stay balanced. And I feel like you know. I have been in situations where that didn't look that way. And like the example I gave you earlier, it, it, it was like I looked, I was expecting to look beside me and this person was still, when I looked, I had to look down to see them. And, that, and then that's no shade. I just, they were not healing and elevating. Right. Or take, 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 give, give, give. At some point, you can't always be the giver and you can't always be the taker. You yes. have to be able to reciprocate. Yeah. What has that looked like for you, baby? What have you had a partner before me that you feel like they weren't on your level? And what were some of the things that made them not on your level? Yeah, the things that I listed earlier. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I didn't know you were giving real life examples. I just was trying to leave it as a a one thing. But no, somebody that I talked to prior to you is, um, um, I feel like they had everything resume wise, but I feel like we're just different levels or different stages in life Mm -hmm. is what I would call it. Because they would still want to go out and party and have a good time and drinking. And it's just like, I think that's cool. But I think I'd rather, instead of spending, because, you know, if you go out, you do the thing, sometimes you spend a lot of money. Right. And so it's like, if, instead of spending all that money on liquor and alcohol, I don't mind doing it and bringing it home. But I would rather just save that and invest it into the house or into, like, planning more of a future and not just blowing it. Because I feel like when I go out, that's me blowing money. Right. I don't see it. There's no return on investment. I don't have a tangible object. I just have a memory. Mm-hmm. And I think sometimes those memories are worth it. But if it's a weekly thing, that's not really a memory because you're not going to cherish it. It's just a part of your daily life. Yeah. And so I feel like that's me blowing money. So like when I go out, I go out with a bang and I will spend money, but I don't do it frequently. Right. So I'm hearing you say that it sound like y'all didn't have the same... Um 
plan or the same expectation we when were it in comes different, to money. Ch- we were in different stages in life. Yeah. They made good money. They did things well. We were just, we would have spent it differently. So we were in different stages. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So just didn't align with kind of how y'all would want to spend your money or your free time too. Because right. it sounded like you wanted to like, you know, do more chill things and they want to go out. Right. I can feel that. I definitely think that it can look like a lot of things. You know, someone not being on your level could, you know, not only mean that someone has evolved more, but it could also just mean that, you know, like you said, baby, they could just be on a different stage of life. And that doesn't mean that there's something wrong. It just means that it's just time for you all to part ways. Right. I think the problem comes in is when we stay with someone that's not on our level, because that means that someone has to downgrade themselves. Someone has to pull themselves down or dilute themselves to keep the scales balanced. And I think that's where the problem comes. It's like, you know, in a marriage, you know, one thing about I knew going into marriage before I got married was that we were going to grow into different people. And I made a commitment to her growth that, you know, that whenever she's challenging herself to grow, I'm challenging myself to grow. I'm supporting her along the way she's supporting me because where I'm expecting us to change and grow throughout our marriage But I feel like, you know, if you don't go into marriage with that dedication and understanding that, you know, we're going to grow and our needs are going to change and being open to those needs, then I feel like you will constantly find yourself looking at someone you don't know anymore. Right. Right. That's a tough one. Because there's people that, you know, marriage is crazy. It's, it's not for it's a the crazy thing. ride, but it's a good ride, I will say. But you got to go into it. If people just think about the commitment as far as like, you know, being with one person for the rest of your life. That's that's just, no. Uh, yeah, that's something. But I think the commitment to me is committing to your growth and committing to you changing and committing to you having space to be able to grow and change and discover what your needs are. I feel like that's a commitment that I think people don't think about right i think always gonna find a a state of equilibrium in a marriage right um so how did you know that i was on your level when we liked not only like the same things we had the same goals even though our goals didn't look the same like you know my goals was to you know go into my private practice and do all these things even though our goals didn't look the same i felt like we were on the same page as far as evolving she wanted to evolve. This is what her idea of, you know, she wanted to grow wealth and not just, you know, do something in the moment. And that's exactly the path I was on. I told her flat up, I, I want to build an empire. I want to change the game for my kids. I want to create generational wealth and generational health. And I feel like when she was, when I, when she told me she was on that same level and wanted that same thing, I knew right then and there we're on the same level. Even it's like the small things though, like I feel like we have the same idea of fun. <laughs> What's fun? Facts. I think that makes a difference too, right? <laughs> like we'll go be big kids for a day and we both will find so much enjoyment in that. Or we'll both watch movies, you know. We don't watch TV a lot, but we'll have those days where it's like, let's just binge watch some movies. Like we watch Harry Potter, like spent like a weekend watching all the Harry Potters and that was exciting to us. And I knew we were on the same level for the small things, not even that, like the large things. Think about when we moved. Man, (laughs) y'all, I'm so glad and so happy that I moved with her because I feel like I, I feel like this is super high stressor life. Mm -hmm. And um, I can see like one of the examples that I gave her is it's so funny, even though we're stressed, we might not talk, but it's like, okay, this needs to be done. So I'm just going to go to this. I'm not going to ask her and she's not going to ask me where I could see in some of my previous relationships. They're willing to help. But they're just like, well, what do you want me to do next? Like, 
in my mind, use your fucking brain. Like, there's a lot of things you can do. Pick one. There's a list of a thousand. Pick one. I don't care. Yeah. But, yeah. you know, I feel like that's just a difference in, like, I guess, maturity levels or levels in general. And so I think that one, I mean, that was, like, it was a super stressful moment in life. Mm-hmm. It was multiple stressful moments. <laughs> right. You move with somebody. Like, we had to not only combine the house. We had to... Combined, I moved from Nashville to move with her, and then we had to, you know, get rid of my place, and then we moved to her place in South Carolina, had to sell our house after being there for a bit to move to Georgia, to Atlanta, so it was like, we had a lot going on in a span of time that was so stressful, and I knew that we were on the same level of, you know, the same vision, and same respect for each other, and in the same, you know, what I give, you give when that happened. Now, because that was stressful as shit. <laughs> and we didn't argue one time. And we got irritated with just the fact that this is a lot. But we always had the same goal of, like, we're going to communicate. We're going to check in with each other. And I think that's when I knew. But I don't know if I can say that for Miss Shay. Shay is our good sis case study. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, y'all. We're giving y'all a whole marriage thing. And we care about levels. Come okay. on, Shay. Miss Shay, I don't know if I can say the same for Miss Shay. So we're going to get into our good sis case study. And we're going to talk about Miss Shay. We'll be right back. Oh, it's time for the good sis case study. Okay, Miss Shay. She is 32 years old. And she has been with her partner, Kendall, for six years now. The two live together and they met on a dating app. And Shay describes herself as being a natural born go-getter. But she described Kendall as being flaky and inconsistent. Uh, Shay is currently in school obtaining her PhD in biomedical engineering. Sis, come on with it, okay? And Kendall is in between jobs again for the third time this year. Dang third time this year oh my god Damn, we just in these well, so wait she's in married. school now though yeah she's currently in school getting her phd hopefully he can sustain the household so that she can focus on school you know we gonna keep on reading um she reported that when she first met kendall he talked confidently about his business plans to start a food truck and desire to go to culinary arts school and change the game of soul cooking that's dope. Um, so Shay admits that she fell for his potential, but always supports him and has and will always continue to support him. But she explained that she's getting very tired um, of wanting more for him than he wants for himself. Shay says she feels disappointed and as if they are no longer on the same page. Shay. I'm sorry, Shay. First of all, Shay, go on with that biomedical engineering girl. I don't even know what that is completely, but you're doing it. All I heard was PhD and you got me there, girl. Because you know how many years of school that is? (laughs) Right. You are doing it. So first of all, you just a bad bitch. Okay? In general, you doing it. But getting into what your situation is, do I feel like you and Kendall are on the same level? No. I don't. Yeah. No. Uh, And you know, it's not even... The in-between jobs for the third time this year. That Actually, was that, that was it for me. So <laughs> go ahead and say your part and I'll come back to that one. You know, I was going to say it did hit. It did hit me in the face when I read that. But I feel like it's the thing of where he had all these plans and he spoke so confidently. Clearly, he had to speak so confidently about those plans that you were just like, yeah, like I believe in you. He must have really believed in himself. But somewhere, somewhere along the way, that that belief. It, it dwindled. 
All right. So, like I said <laughs> earlier about the whole three year, three three jobs in one year. That's the whole job and career thing. She's clearly building a career and a foundation. And he looks like he's just job surfing and really couch surfing at this point because <laughs> I think it's hard. Like even people saying a, a job for a year or two, people, I think I think one to two years, at least a full year is probably minimal that I would like to say in a job resume wise as far as, you know, I feel like when it's three years, I feel like everybody that employs you next is taking a gamble on you. And now you can't ask for these certain things because you're not providing stability. Like I wouldn't want to hire you if you've, you've lost your job three times, whether you quit, got fired, whatever the case is, you don't seem like you're reliable. Right. Um, right. So I think that's a big one for me because I feel like just listening to it, she has to have determination and passion, even just to make it, I guess, to her master's to get a PhD mm-hmm. and to be even accepted in a, into the program seems like it's a lot. So, you know, she has the work and dedication. And I feel like right now as a supportive boyfriend, husband, whatever you are, I would want you to be able to take the lead on that and just sustain the household, not even asking for like mm-hmm. a whole bunch of extra things. But let me focus on this because once I get my PhD, then I'm going to elevate us and then we're going to be on the next level. So we're just mm-hmm. taking steps. And now you take your turn and you go take this adventure where it looks like he just fell right. off, unfortunately. And it sounds like, you know, yeah, you're right. That would have been a really dope exchange of like, let me focus on school you know, or let's both be in school at the same time. Now, the income might be a little low, but hey, you got to do what you got to do before but you make it to the being top. Being together is always better than being alone because you would go to school and be by yourself anyway. Mm-hmm. So I can do bad all by myself, right? But then, I'm like. Tyler Perry. That, okay, so another Tyler Perry. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, but I don't know. I just feel like he he's just, um, he's gotten comfortable and you being the head honcho or making the decisions for him, it sounds like you're probably the one filling out his job applications. I was going to say that. I was going to say, you know, he has all these aspirations. One of the things I think is interesting to me that, that they're already there's already some uh, problems here because of the way they described, she described herself and him. She said she's a natural born go-getter and he's flaky and consistent. That already don't go together. Yeah, I don't want to be with somebody that's flaky and inconsistent as just a partner, not even a job related, but as a partner, I don't need a flaky partner. We can clearly read between the lines here, Miss Shay, that we can see that, you know, when you say he flaky and consistent, he has no commit. He has commitment issues when it comes to committing to his dream, because, you know, here you are in your program. I don't know where you are in your program with the fact that you're doing it, you're doing it and keep doing it well. But it's the fact that you're in your program. And when you met him, he had this plan that has not been executed and it's six years later. So... I don't see how you can expect him to commit to you fully when he can't commit to himself, his own advancement. Facts. So it's already y'all in on the same level of commitment and dedication because there's no way he can dedicate to you and your dream when he hasn't even done what he needed to do. Because from what I'm, like I said, sis, we can read between the lines. It sounds like he was saying, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. For you to believe in him that much, he said that I'm going to do this, I'm going to do that, I'm going to culinary school, I've already enrolled. He probably had to say something like that for you to even be like, okay, right. let me give this a chance. Because if somebody was really for real and be like, you know, I've been trying to go to culinary art school for the past 10 years and you know like you know it never applied (laughs) once but it sounds like a great idea exactly like this is something i've been thinking about you know what i'm saying like if he said it like that you wouldn't have given him the time of day so clearly he pitched you a great dream 
that unfortunately is just not a reality. Yeah, I like that you said that you fell in love with the potential because that is now I don't have to say it. <laughs> right. I'm, so it's like you see it, but so then now what would you say that she needs to do moving forward? You know, I think that having a conversation with him and saying, you know, here we are in year six and you are nowhere closer to executing those plans of culinary art school and, and, you know, starting a food truck because he hasn't even done the basics. It sounds like he don't even have a degree to be able to have a food truck and not saying you have to have a degree to go into culinary arts. There are some people that's just gifted with the hands and they gift it in the kitchen. They can do it. But if that's what he said his plan was, that means that he values education in that way, that he wants to like do it, you know, clearly he might not be blessed in the hands and he want to learn how to be blessed with the hands. But I feel like, you know, have a conversation with him to say, look, this is where we are now. And we haven't moved any closer to these dreams and goals. You sold me when we were together. You know, I feel bad because I think a lot of women get stuck in this situation. Mm -hmm. I feel like it's unfortunately even though women are the one that get out and get like pregnant and so they don't get some of the higher jobs. But in reality, women are the ones that are helping their partner apply, giving them the confidence to be able to know that they can do the job, even though they might not be qualified for it and help them land the job. Like women do so much for men. And sometimes I just don't think it's truly appreciated even after the fact. Yeah. And my thing is like, what did he, where was the plan or what was the barrier to, okay, let's do school together. Like, yes, I know. I've, I have multiple degrees. I've been to graduate school. I understand you don't make a lot of money. That graduate school student life income, it's not it's not for the week, okay? But I feel like what was the barrier to them having a conversation of let's start school together and let's motivate and push each other. I get my PhD in biomedical engineering. You get your culinary arts degree. Like let's let's push each other together. Like where was the barrier to that? I guess I would just like to hear more of this story, though, because who's to say that he wasn't doing other things? And this might just be a tough year for him. And so he might have had some kind of a great job where he didn't feel like he needed to go to school or go advance his, his, his initial dream because then he seen something else that was probably stable and something could have happened. And so I don't want to down talk him too much. But what happened? I think that losing jobs three times in a year made me feel as if you've you've never really been able to hold one job down per year but you might have been able to hold a job down for five years and helped her through her master's or whatever but it's just like what what are you going to do now so how can they get to a place that y'all are equally contributing and it doesn't have to be financially but equally contributing in the relationship well i feel like when you make a you know you go straight you can go straight from your bachelor's to your phd program so it sounds like she had a plan as well she studied too and I feel like she clearly had a plan that she's executing. I yeah, sounds you're like right. She's she must like, have been thinking about that since yeah, she was going through each chapter. Like, you don't just wake up and say, I'm going into biomedical engineering. Like, don't right. nobody just wake no, up I would never. <laughs> never. <laughs> that means you set your career and your life up to be able to go into biomedical engineering. So it's like, clearly she's had a plan and execution is not a problem for her. But yeah, we don't know the full story. And it said that he was in between jobs. That doesn't mean that he lost his job. It said he was in between jobs. But when we do read between the lines of she's describing him as flaky and inconsistent, we can kind of guess what we, I mean, we're going to be real. We can see what we can see here. There clearly is some, some issues with maintaining a stable job or just sticking with something. 
Because what happened to going to culinary arts school to open the food truck? It doesn't sound like he's any near anywhere closer to that dream than when she met him six years ago. Who knows how long he had that dream before he met her? So do you think that? So do you think that she just should say, "Hey, these are the things that are bothering me. This is what I expect out of you." And if he doesn't meet that expectation after giving enough a realistic time frame. Then do you think that she should reconsider her relationship with him? Oh, uh, I think have the conversation first. Start there. Start with the communication and say, you know, this is how I'm feeling. Like, I can only imagine how stressful it may be to be in your PhD program, making very little money. Like you're trying to focus on your studies and having a partner that you have to like, you know, worry about what they have going on or trying to support them more than they're trying to support themselves. You got to support them to their emotions, like what they're going through. Yeah. As well as take care of yourself. And I know your brain is everywhere with trying to just finish all the work that's done for a PhD. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, let's go to our final commercial break and let's explore this a little bit more um, as we are looking at the question of what does it look like when your partner is no longer on your level? Are you ready to have a seat in the healing room? Our doors are wide open and we welcome you with positivity and reflective energy. You are invited to simply take a seat. Let's unwind, relax, embrace, and heal together. Our virtual healing room is wherever you feel most safe. We are wherever you are. Book a virtual healing session today at www.tsftherapy.com. So what is the moral of the story? Get on my level. (laughs) I think it's to not fall in love with the potential of people see people for who they are right now doesn't mean completely ignore the potential of someone like of course you know you can see it you can understand it but go by what you see right now because that's why so many people end up falling in love with the potential of someone and not who they see at face value at some point actions and who is in front of you has to matter more than this future person that could or could not exist right I agree with that wholeheartedly because it sounds like with this situation he put his best foot forward and really painted this picture of someone that he's not and you know she can admittedly say now I fell in love with the potential but imagine what she probably felt like in that moment like wow like I gotta go get her I have someone that wants to completely start a business, which that says a lot. She probably thought like, you know, like him wanting to be a business owner means that he's dedicated, he's disciplined, all of these things. And I just want to know like, why did it take six years? Like you just get comfortable and nobody wants to, especially if they're dating for that long. Um, But I do think one of the good things is hindsight is always a good, clear perspective. I honestly even think at her age now, dating at an older age in your 30s or high 20s is probably a good thing because I think you're you're really you're honing into who you are and what you want and everything mm-hmm. so you you don't have the excuses of well why aren't you doing this because they should be you know when you're younger <laughs> you're in college everybody has a potential because everybody's in college so you're just having a good time and not thinking about it as much where now in your 30s you're really like hey this is what this is what I want this is who I am and this is what I want you're a little bit malleable, but you're still, you're in yourself, right? You should know yourself pretty well at the age of 30. Yeah. And I think that just keep your standards high and 
stick with your boundary. And, you know, like I said, there's just so many times where we fall in love with the potential. And you've got to learn that words really mean nothing. And it's all about the actions of someone. And I feel like, you know, you can pretty much see that someone's really not about it, about it, about a couple months in. Yeah, I say a couple months in. And then even still, I, I still think that there's times where we also, even in our relationship, not necessarily reevaluates, but, you know, we talk about things, we communicate things, whether it's good or bad or indifferent, because, you know, you need to know all the sore spots in your relationship. And if this bothers you, just know it's going to bother you a whole lot more later. Mm-hmm. And you can, what she knows, Shay knows, because she said this here and what I read out, but I feel like, you know, you can't want more for someone than what they want for themselves. Facts. And at some point you take the focus off of you when you start wanting more for somebody and there has to be a gap. There has to be that, that line, that boundary of like, you know, okay, I can't want this for you. You've got to want this for yourself. and it sounds like she you know clearly this is still in her mind like when I met him he wanted to do all this she said she still supports him so clearly she's still trying to like help him reach this goal but it doesn't sound like he's trying to help himself so that's when you got to pull the plug and be like you know what you will have to figure this out and you are not about to figure this out at my expense (laughs) exactly because I figured it out because sis had to have a plan to be in the degree she's in in her PhD program like I said you don't just wake up and say I'm gonna go in my biomedical let me apply to a biomedical engineering PhD program today I would get denied instantly (laughs) she was a woman with a plan from the beginning and he sounded like he was a man with a plan but we're seeing that that is not completely true so do you think that in all new relationships, they should um, look at, the, like in four months in, look at their relationship and say, hey man, does this person have the things that I want? And then. Yeah. Get out of dreamland. When someone tells you, oh, I got these dreams of being this, I'm going to be that. Talk to me about the execution. That's great. Anyone can visualize a dream. and a, But what is the plan? What is the execution behind it? Tell me what you're doing to reach your own goals. Because I want to be able to serve as your cheerleader. I can't serve as your executioner, like the person that executes it for you. Like I've seen so many women, they they like, you know, end up for I their know partners. so many girls that have done men's school work. <laughs> and I don't know how the man graduated and then they left them. Yeah. I mean, I even know a couple gay couples I can think of right now where sis had to, uh, you know, pretty much do everything but the job interview for her. And it's like, you know, it's another example of, of pulling someone along. She thought that she needed another job, like homegirl thought that her partner needed another job the partner didn't think she needed another job she was okay you know doing what she's doing but she wanted her to evolve and she knew she saw the potential in what she had and so she had to actually fill out her app do everything but the interview well feel free to do that for me whenever you want i'm not gonna be upset at all no i'm not i'm personally not one that's gonna do that if you want it you do it i will support you as far as be your cheerleader but i will not do your work for you because then that takes away from me when I have to step outside of what I'm doing to be able to do the basics for you. Be able to drag you along. If you don't even want to do the, like, if you, I'll, you'll know how bad somebody really wants it by what they're doing. How many people, like, you know, want these things, but they want people to do it for them? Mm. That struck a nerve. It did, because I have I got so many examples in my mind, but, you know, we're out of time for today. <laughs> saved by the bell, okay? We're saved by the bell. But we will see you on the next episode 
of the These Let Us Talk podcast. Of course, we're always open to your feedback and your comments. We like to keep this conversation going. So meet us on Instagram, Facebook. You can leave us some feedback and we will be happy to uh, indulge you in further conversation. (laughs) Thank y'all so much for listening. See you on the next episode. Oh, 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 o